Go in your Bible. We're going to look in the Old Testament this morning. 1 Samuel. I'll give you time to get there. 1 Samuel chapter 30. Thankful for each and every one of you today being here. May the Lord bless you, and hopefully this will be a help to you this day. 1 Samuel, chapter number 30. We want to look at faith in difficult times. Are you there? 1 Samuel 30, verse 1. It came to pass when David and his men were come to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded from the south and Ziklag and had smitten that city and burned it with fire. Now, just to help put this in your mind, we're going to say that Ziklag is about the size and if it would be comparison, I would think or the number of David's mighty men that we knew were 600. So we're going to say that Ziklag is about the size of Wayne City. Okay, got that in your mind? It didn't look like the fair city of Wayne City. (laughs) Wasn't near as beautiful, I'm sure. And they had taken the women captive that were in the city... They didn't, they didn't kill anyone, but they carried them away, and they went on their way. So David and his men came to the city, and behold, it was burned with fire. Their wives were taken, their sons were taken, their daughters were taken, and they were captives. Then David and his mighty men that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. And David's two wives were taken captive. Yeah, I read that right, unfortunately. This is one of the blights, one of the marks on David's life. He disobeyed God in this. And God said to any king of Israel, do not multiply gold, do not multiply wives, do not multiply glory. And for my taking that, glory, basically, you could use the word horses. Because what David did in a little way, unfortunately, his son Solomon did in a big way. To where the exact same commandment was given to him, don't multiply gold. And get this, every year, this many talents... Wedges of gold, bars of gold came in to Solomon. 660, anyone want to know the next number? Six. Six. That ought to told him something. 666 talents of gold came in to Solomon every, every year. And of course we know about how he multiplied the wives. 700 wives, 300 wives to be, we could say, I guess. 
you know, a thousand women, come on. I mean, we, we wonder about how, you know, the guy's supposed to be this brilliant man. <clears throat> Two thousand pair of, of stockings hung up in the bathroom <laughs> over every good grief. A thousand mother-in-laws. Fred Mooney told me a long time ago, he said, I need to warn you about the three G's. And I said, well, what are they? He said, gold, girls, and glory. He said, those are the three G's you got to be warned about in ministry. And it's the same way. God's saying the same thing years and years ago. Gold, girls, and glory. Do not multiply yourselves in the money, in the women, and in the horses that you would have to show forth your glory. So this was David's, uh, this was part of his downfall. David's two wives were taken captive, Ahinahim, the Jezreelitess, and Abigail, uh, who had been the wife of Nabal, the Carmelite, who had died. And David was greatly distressed, for the people spake of stoning him, because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his son and every man for his daughter. But David encouraged himself in the Lord. That's a wonderful scripture. That's a wonderful scripture. David encouraged himself in the Lord, his God. Lord, I am believing that this word will be a word in season. God, it'll be a word that is just in time for someone. It'll be a word, God, that will be a help both here, both at Centralia, also at Fairfield, perhaps those that will be listening by way of CD, and Lord, those that will get on the website and will watch this message. God, help it, help them. In Jesus' name, amen. For my birthday, it was incredible how many cards and things that I got. Then, to add to that, and let me just say, don't try not to look at that, and now I probably undid that because it's kind of like saying, don't think about an oak tree. You know, all you can do is think about an oak tree, but these things are going off and on uncontrollably. Huh? Huh? Was it lightning did that? Every time. Every time. But uh, then as, as I found out about uh, cancer, um, then I just started getting all kinds of stuff. And I have got everything from, from cards to uh, gifts such as like this cross. Uh, the um, Got cash, um, clothing cards, gift cards, letters, food, cakes, pies, and keep them coming. <laughs> and something that um, right here I noticed as we were singing, this is one of them and I've got more than one, but what Kitty Mooney told me early on in all of this was let faith arise. And I don't know who these are from, but I've got two of them. They're, they're hand, they're, they're done by hand, and it says let faith arise, and this one is of a, of a seascape. 
And I've got it. There's another one around here somewhere. But then I've got cards from from the kids here at the church. Um, uh, right here, Joe DiMaggio, he preached, uh, We Will Not Be Shaken. And then they done all of the T-shirts. And uh, Mike and Judy Sutherland from Centralia Branch. Logan, come and help me, would you? Uh, they, um, they got this. They got this right here, and then on a Wednesday night, and then on a Wednesday night, they had everybody over to Centralia Branch sign that, and the first one they got was the wrong color. It was more of a burgundy color, so uh, they've, got, they've got a burgundy one over there at uh, Centralia that they've hung on the wall. Well, Mike's seen me at St. Louis or at Fairview Heights and at uh, Chick-fil-A. When I'm in Fairview Heights, usually I'm eating at Chick-fil-A to help the brother, all right? <laughs> and, and I've seen Mike and Judy over there, and uh, they asked me that if the church would be interested in getting one that's burgundy, the same color as our seats, and then uh, for uh, Fairfield getting one as well. And I said, sure. So uh, we'll be getting one of these, burgundy color. And uh, Fairfield Branch will be getting one burgundy color. Thank you. Thank you very much. So all of these things given, all of these letters. I got one here that I received just recently. Uh, this is from uh, Lee Hildebeidel, the Centralia Branch. Pastor Mark, the sermons you have pre preached since you found out you have cancer have been awesome and have touched me deeply. The phrase you used... I was marred while in the hands of the potter brought me to tears. You are getting through to people now who you were not getting through to before. The number of people being touched by one man's cancer is unbelievable. God is truly using you in your marred condition. I believe the marred vessels are unique and one of a kind, which they, makes them even more valuable than the perfect ones. Thank you, Pastor Mark, for all that you do for the kingdom of God. And all of these items of encouragement. And let me tell you something. I could do without every one of these, but here's the point. You can't do without the love and encouragement that's behind it. That's what's really important. See, that's what a guy can't do without. And what separates me, and I'll just tell you right up front, what separates me from King David King David could keep going even though he wasn't getting any encouragement at all. The city the size of Wayne City destroyed. The people taken. Wives gone. Children gone. His mighty men, who were men that if you read closely, Rambo ain't got nothing on these guys. When they say to King David, I will strike that man's head once with my sword and I won't have to strike at him the second time. I can take his head off with one fell swoop. And these were a lot of times bloodthirsty men. And now, with their wives gone, with their kids gone, and with them looking at David as being the leader saying, this is your fault. And they wanted to kill King David. And David wasn't getting the letters and the cards. 
and the t-shirt and the blanket and the food and the encouragement. He is saying, let's kill this guy. He's the cause of it. David had nowhere else to go except go to God. If you knew after this service was over that there were 600 biker dudes waiting for you in the parking lot, what would you do? <laughs> Somebody's crying. <laughs> David knew that God was with him. I should have had them to write this and put it on the screen, but I'm going to read it now. I'll read it at the end of the message. How would my life be different? You all say this to your own selves as I read this. How would my life be different if I was absolutely convinced in every moment, no matter how good or no matter how bad, God was with me? How would your life be different? How would your life be different? David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. And we're easy about doing that, and it makes a lot of sense when the kids is doing great, and the finances are fine, and the, 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 the freezer's filled with, with the hamburger, and, and the icebox, no, don't use the word icebox, uh, refrigerator's got all kind of food in it, and everything is great. We have an easy time, but David was praising God when the world was caving in around his ears. He was saying, I'm not going to get encouragement from anyone else, but God, I will draw my encouragement from you. I thank God for every ounce of encouragement that I have gotten. Because it helps me get through the day. Why did David encourage himself? I didn't say how, why? Why David encouraged himself was this. He knew a secret that nobody else knew. He knew he'd going to be the next king. And God's going to get him through this. When you know that God's given you a promise... I mean, it's like Simon Peter. Nobody knows what, what uh, uh, God spoke to Simon Peter except Simon Peter. And when he's in prison and people saying, oh, the whole church is getting together. Oh, Herod's going to kill him at daybreak. Oh, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? What was Simon Peter doing? He was sound asleep like some of you are right now. <laughs> he was sound asleep. He wasn't worried at all. You know why? Because Jesus had told him, when you are an old man, this is what's going to happen to you. And Simon Peter probably wasn't even 30 then. He wasn't even nowhere near being an old man. And he's sound asleep. And the Bible says that the angel has got to reach over and hit him upside the head to wake him up. Yeah. So he's got a promise, and that makes a difference. David's got a promise knowing that one day I'm going to be king of all of Israel, and I, no matter what these men huff and puff and blow my house down, it ain't going to matter because God will get me through this. David is pushing back 
on the fear that's in his life. How many knows you got to do that from time to time? Fear will take over. And the devil is a cheat and a coward and a, and, a, and, and, and a jerk. He will work on you usually at your lowest time, at your weakest time, when it's nighttime, when nobody else is up and it's you, and it's just like the fear is crowding in on you. You've got to literally, you've got to push back on that. Every person in the Bible who's worth their salt did the same thing. They pushed back against fear. Mark, don't look at that. <clears throat> Job said, I know that my Redeemer lives, and I will see him at the last day. He's pushing back on the fear that the devil's trying to encroach in his life. Joseph encouraging himself while he's in prison. And the baker and the butler come before Joseph and say, these are, our, these are our dreams. What do they mean? And Joseph said, dreams, the answer to dreams are from God. And how is it? Usually the butler did it, but in that case, the butler didn't do it. So the butler got to go free. And just a few days later, just like Joseph said, the butler got to go free. Then the baker comes up to him and said, I had a dream also. That there were something to do with three loaves of bread or whatever. I'm telling you, what kind of boss would, would Pharaoh have been? How do you get thrown in prison because you're the, you're the baker or the butler? The bread didn't rise just right? Go to prison. But here the baker goes before Joseph, this is my dream. And Joseph said... Well, uh, this is what's going to happen. In three days, you're going to die. And the birds are going to pick at your flesh. Yeah, but what happened to that guy? I know it happened good to him, but for you, not so much. <laughs> Joseph, while he was in prison, encouraged himself. Nehemiah, while he's rebuilding the walls, thank God, he encouraged himself. Paul, while he's in jail, encouraged himself. Now, if I'm ever thrown in jail because I took a stand for Jesus, don't any of you ever expect a letter from me. <laughs> See, that's how, that's the, the league that Paul batted in. He gets thrown in jail and he writes a church letter. Don't expect a letter from me. You better be writing me a letter. Why did David encourage himself? He knew he had a promise. These men, these women knew that they had a promise in the Bible. And he hung on for dear life. They went through horrendous things. Compare that with, the preacher didn't shake my hand. That don't fly. In Genesis chapter 3, the devil said, what God said is not true. I heard a man say one time to my face that all versions of the Bible were dull. That man got a hole in his head because I said the Bible tells me something exactly opposite. It says that it is sharp. 
Oh, no, preacher. Only the original document is the Word of God. That is phony. God would... How many of you ever seen the original document? Ain't no one of us. I've been to Israel. I've seen the book of the Shrine Museum where they have got the entire chapter of, I think it's uh, Isaiah chapter 51. The whole thing is there. But even that, they don't know if that's the original document. God's not going to write a book and then say, well, nobody knows what the book says. God wrote a book and put it down in English, at least for us, to where we can understand what the Word is and know this is the roadmap. What that man told me that day is the same thing that the devil would try to tell people. Oh, it's dull. It don't mean anything. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something here that was said to me back a long time ago. Oh, how long ago? We hadn't been in this building very long because it was right back there by that door next to that sound booth. Lonnie Lawler walks up to me and says, Mark, I've been reading, and there's something I've come across about Mephibosheth that I don't understand. I already knew where he was going because I'd read it to it, and I didn't understand it either. And I let him finish his statement, but I could, I could have finished it for him. He said, how could Mephibosheth betray David? And I said, I don't know. But now I know. Now I know. There's a scripture, and this again is, why, is one of the reasons why David is such a great man in the Bible. You know, the last human being that's mentioned in the Bible is a guy by the name of David. David had rescued Mephibosheth, the crippled boy. And Mephibosheth had grown in the palace of David. But I'm afraid Mephibosheth had this problem. What have you done for me lately, David? I think that may have been the problem. Now, the Bible says, and we've already read it, that David encouraged himself. Let me show you something you've never read, or you've read it and never seen it. Hear my voice, O God. This is David. Hear my voice, O God, in my prayer. Preserve my life from fear of the enemy. Hide me from the secret counsel of the wicked, from the insurrection of the workers of iniquity, who wet their tongue like a sword and bend their bow to shoot their arrows, which are bitter words, that they may shoot in secret at the perfect. Suddenly do they shoot at him, and they fear not. Now listen to this. They encourage themselves in this matter. David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. These men encouraged each other in their rebellion against David. Ahithophel was David's trusted counselor. Absalom was one of David's own sons. Mephibosheth was a kindred of Saul who David befriended. And Sheba was a man who lifted up his hand against David. Let me show you how this works 99% of the time. 
One person encourages another in the betrayal of sin. One person encourages another. Don't run with the wrong crowd. Don't run with the wrong crowd. Don't run with the wrong crowd. You can just about mark it down. You put two teenagers together and one of them swearing and cussing, the other an eight. In six months, they're both swearing and cussing. I am cordial and I am mannered and I am well-mannered. But for me to sit down and break bread with someone who I know would just as soon see me fail as succeed, I'll never do it. Well, that ain't right in you, preacher. Well, maybe it is right with me. I'm not going to wish them Godspeed. Absalom spoke against David to Sheba. Sheba spoke against David to Ahithophel. Ahithophel spoke against David to Mephibosheth. And Mephibosheth spoke against David to Absalom. And the circle continued and continued. David's enemies encouraged each other in their hatred for David. And I'm convinced Absalom by himself would never have rebelled against David. Sheba by himself would never have rebelled against David. Ahithophel by himself would never have rebelled against David. Mephibosheth by himself would never have rebelled against King David. And I say it again, David is one of the, one of the greatest men in the Bible. And the reason why, he overcame. It's by what he overcame. Psalms 4. Hear me when I call, O God of my righteousness. You have enlarged me. You have enlarged me. I think he's talking about the inside. You have enlarged me when I was in distress. Have mercy upon me and hear my prayer. Now, let me read this again. How would my life be different? Let that sink in. Oh, we got a happy, clappy time and everything's great. And it's just God's so good to us. And yet when it's not going so well, do you have the same attitude? How would my life be different if I was absolutely convinced in every moment, no matter how good or no matter how bad? Everybody say that with me. No matter how good or no matter how bad. One more time. No matter how good or no matter how bad. One more time. No matter how good or no matter how bad that God was with me. I think it'd change your life. I think it'd change your life. But instead, too many Christians live like, whoopee! Oh, me. Whoopee! Oh, me. Christian people living like that shouldn't be. Shouldn't be. And again, I thank God for every bit. I mean, every day 
It's at least three or four cards and letters that I'm writing or that I get to, that I get to read that somebody's written to me. What's this one right here? Here's one. It shows Noah's Ark and two little prehistoric dinosaurs. And they're saying, oh, crap, was that today? <laughs> yeah. And then it says, a bad day is all about perspective. Have a great day. I like that. So, yeah, I get all kind of good cards. And thank God for the encouragement. And I would like to think that I, that I would do just as well without the cards. But you know what? Truthfully, I don't think I would. I need the encouragement. I need the encouragement. Here we've got... Here we've got from um, a Sunday school class. No, this is from Modified Youth, I bet. And um, just on and on and on and on and on it goes. So thank God for the encouragement. Faith in difficult times. You've heard me say it a lot. Don't doubt in the dark what you believed in the light. Don't doubt in the dark what you've believed in the light. Thank God for the encouragement. Thank God for the encouragement of God's word. Thank God for the encouragement of the Holy Spirit. Bow your heads, please. Lord, these men that we've looked at today, what made the difference in their life was that each one of them, they had a promise. Thank God. Thank God that we have a promise. And Lord, I know that all things work together for the good, for those that are called according to your purpose. And Lord, I am believing, dear God, just as the letter that I read at the outset of this sermon, that there will be people that I will be blessed to be able to minister to that I may never have been able to minister to before. For God, your word is right when it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, the very thing that God brought me through, I am able to help someone else get through a similar circumstance. And Lord, this may be what this is all about, for me to be able to minister to someone in a similar circumstance. Help us as a church to continue to reach, teach, and serve. And Lord, how thankful I am for every person that's here in this room. How thankful I am for every person that's ministering in any portion of this building to the kids, the young people, to the babies, to the toddlers. 
how thankful I am for the work that's being done at Centralia and how thankful I am for the work that's being done at Fairfield. How thankful I am for the work that's done in the CD ministry and God, how that bulk of that rests upon just a few. But Lord, they're willing to do that week in, week out to get your message out. Thank God for that. Lord, what an encouragement that is for me. What an encouragement I have for such a great staff to be able to help each and every day. What an encouragement that is. And I'm glad that I don't have to just encourage myself. But Lord, there's a whole group of people willing to encourage me. Thank God for that. I praise you for that, God. Thankful for the encouragement of my family, my wife, my kids. I'm thankful, Lord God. More thankful than I've ever been. God, help us all know the gift and what a, what a wonderful gift that is that each and every one of us hold that we can share with someone else. The gift of encouragement. Help us all be encouragers. In Jesus we pray.
It is our prayer that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618-835-2677.